following program is produced and powered by StraightRadio.com. Hip-hop is consists of a few, few elements. You got the rap, DJs, the B-boys, the style of dress, and the graffiti. It's Soul Sonic Bigs with Let's Talk Hip-Hop, the podcast. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to Let's Talk Hip Hop, the podcast. And I'm Mr. Biggs, and I got my man Charlie Rock with me. What's going on, my brother, Mr. And, Biggs? Ooh. And I got TK with the wine of the week. Yo, 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 what up? We're going to be talking to Debbie D with the news on these hip hop streets. And we got a special guest today. Charlie, who we got? Oh, we got my man from the early days of hip hop and b boying when, when it wasn't even called hip hop. None other than my brother, Tony Fuji Leland, better known in hip-hop and b-boy circles as Mr. Fuji, one of the early b-boys from the Grandmaster Flash era. We're talking about when Grandmaster Flash was just Flash. So we're talking about in the embryonic days. And we're going to talk to Fuji because, you know, I know he's got a lot of things on his chest, as I'm sure you know. He's been back and forth on, on, on the various social media things. And a lot of us talk about what is hip-hop, what isn't, who is, who isn't. And he's a brother who was there in the early days in the beginning. You know, and um, we always want to talk about all various facets of hip-hop, Mr. Big. So yes, here's a brother that we bringing on board. And, and listen, man, I, I, I got to tell you about Fuji, boy. I, that was one of my dancing cats back in the day. Man. I heard he was nice. I ain't oh, never yeah. seen I heard he was nice. Oh, but before yeah. we continue, man, I got to rewind. I got to rewind. <laughs> and I got my man R-O-C-K. In the city. Working on your body. Hey, yo, I forgot that. We got to do that. We got to do that. Mr. Biggs, ooh. So, Charlie, man, yes, how, was, how was your week, man? Oh, real good, real good. As I told you, you know, celebrated my birthday Friday, man. Yes, and people ask me how I turn up. I turn up the covers. That's what I turn up. <laughs> you know what I mean? I come in from a day of work and, you know, happy that I saw 59, you know, and, 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 um, just, just blessed, you know what I mean? And uh, you know what it is, Mr. Biggs? Reading all the happy birthdays yeah, on social media. Oh, 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 it was I crazy. You From you, too. Thank you, yeah, brother. You know, From you, you know, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And, you know, I mean, when I was younger, you want to hang out and party and drink, party, girls, you know, all the various stuff. And I, for me, at least, having gotten older, even then, I'm just grateful that I made it to another one. There you go. And, there you go. And, and it's more of a spiritual thing. I'm happy. I enjoy the, the the blessings that everybody sends to me, you know, knowing that you have friends and all those different things. I think about people that, you know, they don't hear it. from anybody. Yeah, and I, I never was a big birthday person myself. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it came, you know, like, people want to sell, yo, Biggs, let me do a party for you. Yo, Biggs, let me be like, uh, I remember my man, it, uh, Ed Papers, he did a party for me. We was hanging yeah. out, and I'm not no big drinker, man. I think I had about, no exaggeration, when I stopped counting, it had to be about eight Remy shots. <laughs> That's when oh, I stopped counting. Lord. <laughs> I was, yo, I was so done. Like, my Lord. brother had to come and get me. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? <laughs> he had to, I left my mink in the, in the spot. Oh, he was yeah. like, yo, where's your coat? What coat, man? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't drink, man. I, but I tell you what, my man Ed Papers, he was messed up too. But I tell you what, I yeah. won't be doing that no more. Oh no, 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 no! Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It's been many years since I tied one on. Well, 
as you guys know, because I stopped a lot of years ago. But I remember them. I remember some episodes, especially when I was in the military, man. Oh my goodness! I I, I woke up places and was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, ooh, how'd I get here? And why am I with that? You know what I mean? So yeah. So so you know, I I I've had some definite episodes with the alcohol and drugs and all those days, and and, and you know. Really blessed to have made it through all of that, and and actually made it through it with some semblance of a brain that works. There you go. There you know you go. what I mean? Because so, I yeah. So many of us, man, our brothers and sisters, we lost at such a young age. Man. Absolutely. You know, at such a young age, and yeah. to get these numbers, and 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 it's still not really old. You know what I'm saying? I, when we were young, and, and someone would say that they're 58, 59, you're like, damn. That dude is old or she's yes. old, but it, yes. it's just it's a whole different fifty nine and, and, and fifty eight nowadays for yeah. some reason. Like like when I go to the gym, like it's not too many of them young boys stronger than me. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, and I and I you know I take pride in that. Like yeah. you know the the way that I throw up, they just look at me like, damn, this OG is strong as a fuck. You yeah, know? yeah. Well, well, we ain't call you Mister Biggs for nothing. Now. <laughs> it wasn't like we just. Pick that out the out the air like your name was Clifford or something. <laughs> oh, let's call and, him Mr. Big. Take pride, like it's it's just a different, it's a different fifty eight and fifty nine when when we was kids. I mean, yes, hey, I'm sure they had strong old men back then too, though. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, you know what it is, man. We talked about it last week. The things that keep us young at heart and young in mind. And when I say young at heart, I don't mean immature. I mean youthful. You know what I mean? Our thinking and, and, and even doing things like this podcast, talking about hip-hop, being able to accept the new things that come. I think a lot of people get old because they can't accept what's new. You and, know what I mean? They so they just accept. Yeah, they, they don't want to accept. And then you know what, Mr. Biggs? I look at a lot of the people who are our age. Remember, we told you, I, me and B, we've known each other close to 45 years. Easy. Easily. And I look at people, and I'm a cat with health issues on top of it. And I look at people who are our age and not even as old as we are, and they look toe up from the floor up. Like, like I don't, you know, they look really bad. I like, if you were to see, you guys aren't in the studio with us with Let's Talk Hip Hop Family, but if you were to see Biggs, I look a little older than he does. I don't know why. But <laughs> if you were to see Big, Big, I, I told you the age we are, and Biggs could easily pass for 40. Easily. You know what I mean? So... That is a testament. Yeah. That's a t- and, and, and I need to tell you, Mr. Biggs, that's a testament to good living, brother. That's a testament. Yeah, I tried, you didn't get caught man. up in any uh, all, yeah, a lot of the craziness yeah. that we did. And, and, you know, if ever there's a walking testament for living your life healthy and right, it's you. That's, that's what's up. That's what's yeah. up. And uh, that's that's dope, man. That's that's just the way it was, man. You know, I just wasn't into all that getting high shit. You, you know what? I, I never really got into that getting high. Like, I smoked weed twice in my life. And I felt like motherfuckers could get me. <laughs> the and paranoid back, thing, yeah. Right. And yeah. back then, we had to be on point because we was always at battle. Absolutely right. You know That's right. And I was like, no, nah, I, can't, I can't be like this. I got to be on my toes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I just felt like my guards was down. It's, so that's yeah. why I never got into getting high. You know what I'm saying? And it's funny you say it because, I mean, I got into it, every, you know, running around hustling as a, as a teenager, a young adult. But weed, I never liked it. Because it used to get me paranoid. And I remember when, you know, this is when I was going to high school. And, and again, people made the assumption in Bronx High School of Science that we were nerds. You haven't gotten high until you run around getting high with some nerd white boys. They <laughs> have they stuff be, you don't understand. They be making shit. Oh, yeah, they got special. I remember my boy Scotty. He came. He said, yo, Tony, 
I got some blonde Lebanese opiated hash. I was like, <laughs> what, what is that? What is that? Yeah, and he pulled that thing with these blonde streets. You know, I'm used to cats with plain old weed. You know, and but the thing was, I never forget. You know, and and we used to take the bus, and this was back when you could smoke cigarettes on the bus. Wow. It's back in the '70s, if you remember that. Okay, and we used to talk about we are taking the plane to school, and what taking the plane was, was we would be in the back well of the bus, like the back door, uh-huh. with joints, and we run to Chicago, which is where you you, you pass yeah, around a circle, yeah, yeah. and 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 that's what we call taking the plane to school. Uh-huh. All right, how we passed anything. Is beyond me, <laughs> you know, because we went to school fair. twisted, you know, and everything. And I mean, hanging out on Harrisville. So, you know, but but I remember getting paranoid yeah, really agree. bad That's one time. Thing, and, 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 and after that, I was like, no, you know what? And I never messed with it again. Now, I wish that had happened for all the other drugs, too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Might have saved me some pain, misery, and suffering. But, you know... It definitely, that weed, it, it definitely convinced me. I didn't want to be bothered with that. I was like, I'm looking around. They had to bring me home. I'm thinking somebody's going to ride by in the car and shoot at me or something. And it was, I was like, Leave no, them drugs no alone. Leave yeah. them drugs alone. <laughs> you know, I, I was looking at uh, Facebook the other day, and, and some guy posted something kind of interesting. He said uh, he had uh, two studies, basically one study, but um, he said he'd take a youngster and he put him in the office uh, for four hours straight. Just listen to uh, gangster hip hop, you know, a lot of curse uh, bitches and yeah. selling drugs. Yeah. And then you take the other kid and put him in a room with just jazz for the same four hours. Yes. And he was basically saying that the kid that's listening to that hip hop will turn out worse than the kid listening to the jazz. Like he'll just the uh, hip hop, bad hip hop, just fuck with his mental, you know. And I'm like, motherfuckers was. Doing fucked up shit before hip hop. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Absolutely. The people was going to jail and robbing and calling girls bitches and robbing and and getting locked up and murdered before hip hop. I mean, it's it's the individual to me. You know what I'm saying. Some people, my sons, they they listen to fucked up hip hop and, and, <laughs> and one is a teacher and the other one's running my business. I mean, all yeah, the I, all the hip hop we listen to is not effed up hip hop. You know, all right. <laughs> Okay. Well, you know, it's funny because you say that, and then I've known people who were born and raised in the church yeah, became some of the craziest point. people, you know. And I really think that the more parents um, try to isolate their children from the real world, the more messed up those kids become. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And then, I, yeah. and then the jazz tip, to me, I like some jazz, but jazz always took – Took me down, like you know what I'm saying. Depressing. It, yeah, I, just, I wasn't into it. I wasn't into it like that. Like people were like, and then a lot of them jazz cats, we just talking about it was junkies. Like they were shooting. Dope, uh, a good portion of them, yeah. You know what I'm saying, and, and I think that's what the jazz did to them. Like they was feeling searching for that new sound, and you know, I, yeah. So for him to, I mean, I guess it's a valid point in his mind, but I, I just don't think. I mean, some people feed into it, like, some, you know, that the mess that you calling girls bitches, and then, that's it. It all goes back to the home to me, like, the mom, well, a lot of us ain't had no pops, but the moms, is, you got to keep that youngster base, you got to keep him right, you know, depending on whatever he listened to, at the end of the song, you got to be like, you know, that shit's some bullshit, right? 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know he, ain't, he ain't killed this and he ain't doing that. And you you know that, right? You, <laughs> as long as you know that, if he did all that shit, he would not be here recording records talking he'd be locked up some fucking way. There you go. Yeah, we used yeah. to have them conversations all the time. And you got to let him know. So it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's not just the youngster, you know, the community, the parents, everybody got to play a part in, in raising these children, man. And just don't blame it on bad hip-hop. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean, saying? listen, you got bad rock, early junkies, rock and roll, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. You know what I mean? They were in there. More rock and roll stars have died from drug overdoses than hip-hop stars. Oh, for sure. For for sure. Absolutely. For sure. You know? For far sure. more. Far more. Alcohol, drugs, Hendrix, the major stars, Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Jim Mar all Heroin, drug overdoses. But there, was there really any hip-hop stars who died from an overdose? It, you know, I can't think of any. Minor, th there was a minor guy that in Texas who was down with all that screw music, whatever you call it. You know what I'm talking about? Mm, I don't know who And he used to, I can't, he was, he's nobody that we would know nationally. But he was well-known in that, in that circle, like in Texas where they do that syrup. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, he yeah. died like that. Okay. He died like that. And they were concerned about Lil Wayne with that, with the syrup, for, yeah. for, for the... For the people in Let's Talk Hip Hop land, uh, those who don't know what syrup is, that's the codeine mixed with alcohol and other stuff, and they drinking it, and that's a that like Louis Armstrong said, he said that's some drastic stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> he said that's some drastic <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh man, this podcast is brought to you by Mr. Biggs Wines, along with Mr. Biggs and Sons Corpse. We'll be right back with Soul Sonic Biggs and Let's Talk Hip Hop. I want to let y'all know this was brought to you by Mr. Biggs Wines. And I'm Mr. Biggs from the legendary group, the Soul Sonic Force. And I can honestly say I'm one of the true founders of this billion dollar industry called hip hop. Through it all, I have been very fortunate to travel the world, enjoy some fine things in life, the finer things in life that is. During that time, I acquired a taste of fine wine. One day while I was relaxing, sipping on a nice glass of wine, I realized that I'm part of a new generation that just started appreciating the presence of fine wine. Yes, the early hip hop generation is now enjoying fine wine. Millions of people throughout the world who grew up on hip hop now enjoy the great taste of fine wine. That's that Mr. Big's wine. So when I came up with the idea to create the first wine of hip-hop, Mr. Big's Wines, I started off with my wife's favorite, the Moscato. And now we have five flavors that you can choose from. Visit my website at mrbigswines.com to order your bottles today. Everybody in the street, the street, get down to the fucking beat. Fucking beat. Man, you know them, those drugs is it's gonna always be a big problem in the in the hood. You know, it's gonna always be a big problem. It's a big problem back when we was coming up. Absolutely. And it's uh, I don't know if it's and it seems like some of that stuff is making a comeback. You know. Yeah, it, it, you know it, it goes underground and comes back. You know what's really happened, Mr. Biggs, is that the face of addiction has changed, and the reaction to it. And and, and you know I don't like to really get into racial stuff. Not on the air. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a, I'm a political person, and we talk about politics, and you know, but the reality is sometimes you can't avoid it. And, you know, when the face of addiction changed, when it was started to be, when it was blacks 
and they associated heroin addiction. Lock them up, let them right. die, whatever. Now they need help. Now they need help. They're doing commercials for them. Oh, treat them help. They need help because it's white people. Right. You know what I mean? And so when the face of it changed, and that's always the way it's been. That's always the way it's been. If you even study the history of addiction, alcohol, all of those various things. But, you know, enough on that, man. I, 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 we getting ready to run through those, through those hip-hop streets, my brother, or what? Yeah, yeah, we need that for that, though. Yo, okay. Deb, Deb, you with me? I am with you. What's going on, Mr. Biggs? You oh. doing it big or what? Oh, that's the only way I could do it. That's the only, you told me that a long time ago. <laughs> you told me that you're big. Anything you do, you got to do big. Dev told me that very years big. ago. Oh, really? You do it very big is what I say. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Debbie so D, what's, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing outstanding. How about yourself? I'm doing wonderful. Okay. Wonderful. Okay, good things to hear. What's going on in those hip-hop streets, Deb? Listen, woo, it's hot. It's always hot. And I was just kind of looking at, um, you know, what I was going to talk about tonight because it's so much stuff. And I said, man, it seems like the girls is all over the place. Y'all ain't going to believe this. First of all, Cardi B up again. Uh-oh. Superstar rapper. Uh-oh. Here she is in the news again. But Cardi B decided, listen, if I could wear diamonds, my 10-month-old child, culture, she can wear diamonds, too. So Cardi B bought $80,000 worth of diamonds for culture. Wow. An eight and three zeros. Wow. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> An eight and three zeros. Wow. Listen, mm. all I can say is, like she said, if I can wear them, I could wear them too, but I said, "Hey, I made a song that said us girls can wear them too." Where is that? <laughs> <laughs> that's give, that's give her name. Her name, her, her name is Culture. What you say? Her name is Culture. Her name is Culture with a K. Oh, I like that. That's kind of oh, cool. Oh yeah. That's cool. Oh yeah. She's a pretty little girl too. She's only ten months, and I think she said something about she was going to give them to her when she's three years old. I would have opted for a college degree or maybe a home, but listen. Yeah, I guess the girl is swimming in so much money because all them blood shoes, you know, she doing what she got to do. I don't know. I don't know if they, they got baby blood shoes, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. they do. Baby I Louboutins. Yeah, it's for money. I, I would have did something different, but she worked hard for money. And, you know, you got to let people do what they want to do because it's their money, right? Hey, she's yeah. blessed. She's been blessed, you know. Yeah, she's yeah. been blessed. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I, the second thing is I was watching this um hot show on Netflix called Queen of the South. Have you guys seen it? Never seen it, but I've heard of it. Yeah, I heard okay. it. Did I see that? So I it's know. really popular on Netflix. So, you know, whenever you kind of want to Netflix and chill, you might want to tap that button and kind of make that, put it on your list for Queen of the South. And now they just released their second series. So I said, oh, I got to see what they're going to do this particular series. So, you know, I'm going through it, going through it. I think I've been doing it, maybe about five episodes. And somewhere maybe around the fifth or sixth episode, they get ready, to, you know, to – to um, walk in the room and, and deal with one of the people that they dealing with or whatever, and they got these girls coming in there. One girl's an FBI agent, and the other girl got a big old forty five in her hand, all gangster standing there. And I'm like, O to the M to the G. Mm. MC Light and Remy Ma. Wow. Really? Yes. Okay, okay. Yes. Wow. Okay. Yes, they is looking really, really good on the screen. So I think that, and I hadn't seen that advertised, so I think that people that watch Queen of the South is really going to be very surprised. But they did their thing. It was really refreshing to see. I said, look at my girls. You see, 
You yeah. see, they on oh, the screen. Man. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. They might be surprised it. about MC Light. I don't think they're going to be too surprised about Remy Ma because that's sort of art imitating life for her. Yeah, well, I'm just really, really gangster. Yeah, you know she's from Castle Hill, so she got she got that gangster. Yeah, she played it for real. I'm just gonna say she did it real good. That's all I'm gonna say. Hey, she's a she's a gorgeous woman though. She she did not disappoint. And she's fly, but she be wearing she she wearing that fly stuff like you, Dad. You wearing all that fly shit. Yeah, that, listen, she from the PA. No doubt, yeah. no doubt. But the boogie down. You know, that's yeah. the home of the fly girls. That's yeah. how we do. But Remy's a bona fide gangster, though. Bona fide. Then she yeah, just punched yeah. somebody in the face. Yeah, this is after doing six years for shooting someone. Mm, mm, mm. Remy, that Remy. Yeah. We, listen, we're not bringing up the past. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you know. We looking to the future. Hey, <laughs> hey, she, hey, she on TV. She doing her thing, man. Hey. Yeah. I can't, Let's yo, she definitely future. deserve it, yeah, man. Yeah. She, put her, listen, she, she put she her work in. She's her money wisely. I That's right. No, I, at least she ain't buying $80-something thousand for her baby That's nice. of, of jewelry. She's going to buy that next <laughs> well, week. Well, let's That's say right. this. If she is buying it, you ain't going to know it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And there's yeah. a difference there. How about that? Well, you know, I listen, people can do with their money what they choose to do and everything. I am just one who believes that we spend money on things that are crazy. You could have put eight, that 80000 in for that kid's education or a business for them when they get older to hand down to them. But that's me, mm. you know? Well, Remy, she, uh, what's she married to? Um, Papoose, right? Papoose, Papoose, yes. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. underrated, man. That brother is so underrated. He's definitely one of the best MCs I ever heard. Oh, yeah. Wow. And I heard a few. I heard a lot. But when that brother... I'm gonna tell you when he did he he did a, a rhyme he rhymed took the alphabets backwards. I heard wow. that. Yes, I did. Yo. I heard that. Yes, I was like, yo, this kid here is and not the creativity. Only, yeah, yeah, man, he just he just he's just so underrated, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people that's underrated that don't never really get to shine and stuff. But there's a lot of people that do listen to them, you know, and I want to encourage people right now to say, listen, don't think that people don't hear you. They hear you. And when people want somebody that's really seasoned, lyrical, conscious, social, they know who to go to. They all over Instagram. They, mm-hmm. they there. They there. Well, let me end, let me end with this. Got a shout out. Another sister. Five time Grammy Award winner. My sister, Missy Elliott. The icon. She is the yeah. icon. Got okay. a PhD, yeah. yes. She received, this, this is me, Charlie, this is me. Okay. <laughs> she received an honorary doctorate from right. Berkeley College of Music in Boston, Massachusetts. Yep. You know, and I just thought it was amazing. It was along with Justin Timberlake and some other people. Oh, but, I didn't you know, know that. It's just good for people to stop and say, listen, you know, you didn't go and attend a school. You know, some of us go that route. I went that route and, you know, earned it like that. But some people, they put in the time, you know, in her case, musically. She's yep. got 30 years in. She's got an amazing discography. You know, she, yep. you know I think uh, when she did, um, what is that? The game, the Super Bowl, it was one of the largest crowds when she did that, you know, in hip-hop for her. So she's got a lot of things under her belt as a rapper, as a songwriter. As a matter of fact, 
coming up real soon, she's going to be the first female rapper to be inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Wow. All right. She deserves right. it, man. She's right, a, she's a right. beautiful person, yeah. real yes, humble. she is. Yeah. Do I have yes, permission to is. talk now, Debbie D, just out of curiosity? You do have the permission. Oh. Okay. Thank you very much. I, I, I greatly You're appreciate welcome. that. Thank <laughs> you for that, Debbie D, rather, rather um, Missy Elliott, getting her, her Ph.D., an honorary Ph.D. I, you know, I'm, I'm pro-college. As, as, as people know, and, and I think any time, whether you earn it, whether it's given to you in an honorarium, um, I think it's an accomplishment. That's yes, for sure. Yes, That's it is. Sure. And so, you know, again, we applaud that this is the season where, you know, all over social media, you know, parents are just posting their kids, whether they're graduating from, you know, kindergarten, fifth grade, junior high, prom, you know, we see all the proms. It's, it's, it's always um, a blessing to be able to do the work and then to be commended for it. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And I, I always tell people I'm honored. You know, I kind of dropped out of the hip-hop scene for a while because I went back to school, you know, to get my doctorate, you know. And so I commend whichever way. They, and there are some other rappers that also have honorary degrees as well, you know. So it's just good to see that, you know, it's not always behind the mic. That's the thing I like. You know, we're, we're doing some other things that we can certainly be commended for. So shout out to Missy Elliott. Shout out to MC Light and Remy Ma. And go. shout out to Cardi B for having the coins. She got the coins. Coins. <laughs> ching, ching. Yo, Dad, where can we find you? Well, you can always find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MCWD. This is the Fly Girl Hip Hop Matriarch, the one and only. MC Debbie D. I'll talk to y'all next week. Peace out. Till next time. Oh, okay. Bye-bye. All right. All right. That's interesting. Debbie D. Wow. Those you sisters know. is blowing up, man. Yeah. A lot of, yeah. of these hip-hop cats is really blowing up, man. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Listen, you know, it, 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 it's really interesting to see what a lot of people who were pioneers or, or, or in their era of hip-hop have gone on to do. Because, you know, listen, listen, this is this is a young person's game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, if you don't have a long-term game plan, you know, like we said, we know a lot of people who, who had their day and, and never did anything else, and, you know, they, they kind of bugged out over it or whatever. And, and the thing is, taking that fame or whatever it may be and then using it to your advantage. And that's not just about hip-hop. I mean, we've talked about, you know, teenage basketball, for example, sports. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody ain't going to the pros. That's for sure. Everybody, maybe 5%. If that. If that. But you can get an education. You know, use it. Use it. Get that free scholarship. Get that four-year scholarship to wherever it is. You know, I used to tell all of my students, what do you call the first person who graduates in medical school, the person who graduates first in class in the medical school, and what do you call the last person, the person who graduates at the end of the class? What do you call them? Doctor. Exactly. Doctor. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I had a lot of a lot of <laughs> lot of people say, oh, you know, because I coach high school football. You know, oh, coach, but you know, I don't know if college is for me, but it's a college for everyone. That's right. You know, what that's saying? right. Today, it's a college for everyone. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, and in college, you, you meet, you you get to meet a lot of people. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's why, I, personally, I don't know how people want to take. I never was big on the all-black colleges. Mm. My, the reason why, because it's not an all-black world. Exactly. And when you get your next level after college, 
you got to mingle with white folks to know how they work for Absolutely. real. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you, you, to me, you learned that in college. You know what? And, and I agree with you. And in fact, my graduate degree was from a black college, from Lincoln University. But when I went to undergrad, I purposely went to SUNY New Paltz, mm. which was at that time uh, a mixture of black and white. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's really important because, you know, I understand the pride associated with a historically black college. So for I will sure, not go against sure. that. Can't go against but that. you have to learn the social skills to deal in the world with white folk. We have to learn what they call coding. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have to know how to move in their world. Exactly. They don't have to learn how to move in our world. Not at all. You know? They don't. And, and like you, Mr. Biggs, I don't know how people are going to take it, but that's, that's the realities of life. And we're at an age where we can talk about the realities of life. we got enough experience. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like how that thing when your parents tell, you'll understand when you get older? You'll understand when you get older? Yeah, I understood when I got older. And you have to be able to move in their world. You know, so tell it, me who we got up, man. Who, who who we talking to? Oh man, I think we got my man, the legendary Mr. Fuji, Tony Fuji Laland, who is going to join us and talk about old school days of of hip hop and, and the original B boys. Yeah, that's who we got. Yes, sir. That that was his sound too. I know he know that. Oh no 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 yeah 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 yeah. He's original. He's original. Mm. Are we? Yeah. That's my joint. That's my joint. Oh, yeah. Scratch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuji will know about this one. He'll definitely know about this one. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was having a discussion earlier today on, on the computer with um, Rocky Ducano. Rocky? Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll be right back with Soul Sonic Biggs and Let's Talk Hip Hop. This here track is so funky. <laughs> the, beauty, the beauty of live radio. The beauty of live radio. And this podcast is brought to you by Mr. Biggs Wines and Mr. Biggs and Sons Court. All right. So I think we got my man on the line. Mr. Fuji, yes, are you there, my brother? Yes, what's going on? Ah, what's happening? What's happening? The legendary Tony Fuji Laland, a.k.a. Mr. Fuji, one of the first generation of B-Boys from the days of Flash, 63 Park, 23 Park. A bad boy on the dance floor, let me tell you. What's brother, going on, my brother? That's what they say. I don't know who they are, though. <laughs> brother Fuji, what's going on? Hey, yo, Fuji, this is Biggs, man. Before we go on, I got to get this out of all my guests, man. Give me your definition of hip-hop, brother. Okay. Because I had to ball Hollywood out the other night. <laughs> <laughs> we was going in on Facebook. Oh, y'all be going at it, man. He picked up the phone and called me and said, man, why you say I ain't hip-hop? I said, let me explain something to you. First of all, okay, you got Frankie Crocker, okay, who was an R&B DJ on the radio. Yes. That played music as a disc jockey and rapped a little bit over the mic here and there. Oh, yeah. You are a disco DJ, okay? 
in your part. I lived across the street from the 371. I couldn't come to your parties, number one, because I was in my teens, and I wore sneakers, okay? You didn't allow sneakers, okay? You didn't allow breakdancing, and you didn't play the music that we used to uh, breakdance to. And you didn't cut the break beats like Flash, Irk, and Van Bottom did and break out in them. So yeah. you only became wanted to be affiliated with hip-hop when disco died. And mm. I understand that. You want to get on the bandwagon because you don't want to be left behind. But guess what? You dogged us out. Y'all used to talk about us like we were some bums. Y'all call us sneaker bums and everything else. That's and I true. said, if you want to differentiate yourself with from from you being hip-hop or not, your parties, people had to wear shoes. Do you see any damn people on hip-hop now wearing shoes? Going to a party? <laughs> they wear sneakers. You don't see Wiz Khalifa and all them, and this one and that one with shoe, hard-bottom shoes on, talking about I'm hip-hop. <laughs> Only one you might see do that is Melly Mel when he dressed up in a suit or cash. Yeah. But they're not going to a party uh, or uh, an event talking about this is hip-hop. Everybody got on sneakers damn there. I said, you're a disco DJ, man. He, said, he don't want to hear that, you, huh? I said, we didn't have nowhere we can go. Y'all ousted us. You, Pete, DJ Jones, all y'all ousted us. We couldn't come here. Probably. We was a little bit younger than y'all, probably five, six years younger than y'all, somewhere between that age bracket. Okay? So we didn't have nowhere to go. We sat up on 23 Park and 63 Park on the park benches, snapping, after Flash played music outside and Mean Gene and all that, and we sat outside on the bench. We had nowhere to go. But when we created our own zone where we can wear our sneakers, where we can jump on the floor and competitively, competitively break dance, then y'all still looked at us like we were some little bums. But yeah. the minute disco died and hip-hop started taking off and got commercialized, now everybody wants to be affiliated with hip-hop. You're not hip-hop. You're a great DJ. I can't take that from you. I told him personally. Yeah. And I like you as a person. You're a great DJ. You can entertain a crowd. Yes, you can enter. Your, your thing is interacting with the crowd. Hey, look at that girl over there. She's cute. And Hollywood, very, very good. And you listen to, um, um, what's his, what's his, uh, Kelly and say, oh, Kells and all this. After, according to his lyrics, and you interact with his lyrics, that's what you do. But you're not a rapping, rapping DJ. Where you consistently rap like rap records, you're just a disc jockey that that entertain the crowd, and you do that well. I can't take that from you. But if you're gonna sit up there and try to claim that you're hip hop, I refuse to let you do that because you're not. And when when we were hip hop before the hip hop terminology came about, you didn't you excluded yourself from our our bracket of people. That is true. That is true. Y'all down to us. So the difference is. Yes, I said. He said, "Oh well, I started rhyming." I said, "No, you didn't start rhyming and playing records first. Ken Spiderweb did it. Um, um, Tab Calloway did it. You didn't start that. <laughs> he went back. You didn't have nobody yeah. break dancing. You didn't play the break beats of the record consistently. You didn't cater to b boys. No, that's true. And, and you're not a real rapper. You just sporadically rap. You're not making up your own. But you're you're talking to the crowd and talking to the record to the lyrics." Well, here's what I would say, and, and you know, um, as you know, Biggs, Mr. Biggs and myself had Hollywood on the show and interviewed him, and we said uh -huh. a very similar thing, and I'll tell you what he said, which actually corroborates exactly what you said. Now, I don't know if you remember it, Mr. Biggs. We were talking about Cool Herc, 
And as you know, we call Cool Herc the father of hip-hop. And we talked about how he played in the clubs that you're talking about, 371 and all that, and he played downtown. And Hollywood said, and I quote, Herc could not play in those clubs. They wouldn't allow him to come down there because he played all those obscure break records for B-Boys. Right. He said that. Right. Now, that's recorded. That's all, you know. Yeah, he, he said, said that. that. He said that. We got that. You let know, we got that. Let me say this, too. It's, some people say five elements. I don't add graffiti in there. It's four elements of hip-hop. The way we dress, sneakers, jeans, bound gear, street gear, corner gear, if you will, scramble yeah. gear, scramble gear. The way we dress, the music we play, the way they rap, and the break dancing. Yeah. That's yeah. hip-hop. You yeah. can't say you're hip-hop with two of the elements because my mother playing in a house party, giving a house party to say, you know, she's hip-hop. Ken Spiderweb to say he's hip-hop. Cab Calloway. Yeah, the Heidi Home Man. You know? If they use just that when one element. When they did that thing on Netflix, the... Um, Evolution of hip hop. Yes. When they interviewed him, he said, "Oh yeah, uh, the hit and the judge. That bullshit, nigga. That ain't hip hop." Oh man, I have that I argument with people said, all the time. Who you think you're talking to? I said, I know I'm 58 years old, and you're a little older than me, but you forgot. I was down in Harlem with all the big wigs back in them days, and you was with Guy Fisher and all them. I know about all that. And he was blown away. But I said, if you think you can argue me down and claim that you're hip hop. You got another thought coming, bro. Nope. You didn't even allow sneakers in your party, so you can't be hip-hop. Now, why don't you think graffiti belongs in hip-hop? Because, I mean, when you're considering hip-hop, you're talking about music. You're talking about a party. Writing on a wall ain't part of a party. I mean, writing writing on the wall is graffiti and, and um, I mean... It just ain't affiliated with me far as music and a party. I said, some people say, yes, there are five elements and graffiti is one of them. I don't personally because when I think of hip-hop, I think of a party. I think of breakdancing. I think of the break music. And I think of the DJ and I think of the rapper. Okay. okay. I never seen nobody at a party saying, yo, let's go ahead and hit the wall during the party and video this while you're playing the music. I, I just can't equate the both of them as the same. I just can't. And that, that's my personal opinion. Other people can say, no, no, graffiti is part of it. That's fine. I mean, I used to write graffiti, too, on the wall. You know, when we, Melly Mel, Scorpio, and all of us went to junior high school together, I used to hit, not trains and stuff, but I'd go hit walls and churches and da-da-da-da with the big uh, market, pilot markets and yeah, all that. Yeah, the uni <laughs> Right, but I wasn't a real, if you would, like, okay, I'll tell you like this. Me being a graffiti artist is like Hollywood being hip-hop. I wasn't that serious in it. I just wrote a couple of things here and there, and that was it. You know, for him to claim hip-hop, I can't get with that. I understand. And at the end of the call, he told me, okay, well, if you're going to put it that way, I guess I'm not hip-hop. You're damn right. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I mean, what did you think of, of, of what Hollywood had to say when we were, he was on the show? I mean, he, he like, he won, he won that title – Bad, like he really wants yeah. to be recognized in the hip hop world. And you know why? Because there's nothing left but hip hop. Hip hop is the biggest genre of music. Disco died, so he has no choice but to hang on to his 40 year career and try to force people to say he's hip hop. And I told him, I said, "Listen, I like you as a person. You're a great DJ. Yeah, 
yeah. you can rock the hell out of any crowd. You can rock them. But to say you're hip-hop, you're not, bruh. You didn't claim it when it was in the beginning stages. Why are you going to try to claim it now? Just say you're a hell of a DJ and that's it. You can give a boat ride and a party and pack it and make a couple of dollars, but you're not hip-hop. And, you know, it's funny when we talk about that because I, I'm similar. Mr. Biggs knows because we've talked about it. I'm also one who never considered graffiti an actual element of hip-hop, but more because graffiti existed well before what we were doing. And there were a lot right, of people exactly. who were into graffiti, especially a lot of white cats, who wouldn't have had anything to do with us at all. Mm-hmm. We were big in graffiti. It was its own culture. And, you know, mm-hmm. it got merged down later on, particularly down in the village and everything like that. But, you know, similar to what you said, all them cats, and it's funny, like, like I was telling Mr. Biggs earlier, I had this discussion today with, 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 with our friend Mr. Rocky Bucano, <laughs> you know, and they were trying yeah, to encourage Rocky him. Rocky used to be with uh, Pete DJ Jones. Huh? He had his own crew, Rocky, right. Cool DJ Rock and the that's Come Up Crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, well, that, that's right, but they're related. Yeah. yeah. They're related somewhere. And again, they were talking about, uh, especially Curtis came in, Curtis Blow, and he came and said, we're all hip-hop because God created. I said, okay, I no, understand your spirit listen, hold in on, it. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Every time, and Curtis is my man, I love him to death. I know. His wife texted my wife all the time when he was in the hospital. But let me tell you something. Curtis always putting some stuff in the game. And talking about, well, when they, anytime I tell people, when anytime somebody says, well, you know what, because of God, listen, don't put God in this. God ain't got nothing to do with this. Okay? But Curtis loves controversy. Well, and, that's, and I'll tell it to him to his face. Listen. You like that drama where you say, go back and forth. I don't like that. I'm going to tell you straight from the hip how it is. Well, here's the thing. When I talked to them and I said, listen, if you want to believe everybody's hip-hop is spirit, but in order to tell this history accurately, you have to compare and contrast it because what we were doing was different from what they were doing because we were rebelling against it. They didn't want it. Like, as you said, accurately, they did not want us there. And they forced us to create hip-hop by not allowing us to be a part of their Their party. They forced our hand, and we created that. We created it from nothing. We we I never carried a crate in my life. Not that there's nothing wrong with it, but I was around me and Gene Stoop when they said, yo, Gene, bring out the music to 63 Park. He's like, nah, because y'all don't help me take the stuff. And they was like, okay, we'll help you. Da, da, da. But guess what? They forced us when we had nothing to do. We didn't do it for 10 cents. We didn't have no donations. We had to clean up and everything after. Yeah. Listen, they forced our hand, and they didn't include us in nothing they was doing. So my problem is with them, don't try to act like you're part of this now that this shit is gone. Curtis Absolutely. Blow, Curtis Blow, the swear hip-hop started in, in Harlem. Oh, yeah, don't, oh, yeah. no, don't get Fuji started. Oh, my God. But first of all, thank God that Curtis Blow was all right. Everybody knows he's home from yes, the hospital. Yes, yes, Doing much better health-wise, yes. But, you know, it's... Yeah, he's great. Yeah, but, you know, it's an interesting thing because... Like I told him, I said, listen, you have to have something to compare it to. And Curtis himself, he says that, but he also talks about the sneaker people versus the shoe people. And again, that reinforces what we're saying. It was two different cultures. And I told him, I said, I went to both groups. I went to both parties. And I could see the difference between the two. And people who went to places like the Stardust, Nell Gwens, all those spots, didn't come to the Dixie Club. Mm -hmm. Savoy Manor. Here and there you get a Savoy Manor here and there, but... The Dix- I remember going. Let me tell. You, I remember going to a party at the Savoy Manor one time because my boy sold me some tickets and I came with sneakers. I'm ready to go off, and they weren't gonna let me in, and I had bought tickets. 
They said, well, there ain't no sneakers. They, they didn't show one that 123. Oh, no, not at all. They wasn't coming there. You know what I mean? And that's what I tried to explain to them. Here's another thing. Next time Hollywood, man, I'm hip-hop. What hip-hop party did you go to, Hollywood, back in the day? Did you go to Flash Party? Did you go to Webster PAL? Did you go to Hurt Party at Executive Playhouse? Exactly. You ain't been motherfuckers, so you can't say you hip-hop. Yeah. Come on. And that was really the conversation because we said the venues – you weren't at those venues. They hip hop spots, and I said it in this this thing I was talking about because remember they didn't have a lot of clubs for us, the Dixie Club. And, and for and those here's people, here's another thing. Here's another but, thing. Let me say this for about you. Anybody that want to dispute Herc ain't the father of hip hop and ain't started and it started somewhere else. Where was your narrative for the last forty years? <laughs> right when we were doing heard it. this narrative, but to now that you're saying it because you're a name and you think people are gonna listen to you because you have some clout. Or you have some fame that doesn't make that doesn't gel with me because where was you in '84 saying no? Nah, it started in Harlem. You wasn't claiming that back then. Why are you gonna wait to 2019 and say, "Oh no, it was in Harlem too"? Get out of here. Listen, I, I want to move to something that involves you, okay? Sure. And people, the audience, you know, when they hear the podcast, because once again, this is about let's talk about hip hop. And we're going to get away from it because I think you are very clear about what it isn't. But I want you to tell the people the story about how you introduced Ray to the Black Door and the Dixie Club. For people who don't know in the audience, Fuji was very responsible for one of the actual legendary venues of hip-hop, the Dixie Club and the Black Door, and one of the early promoters of hip-hop, Ray Chandler and Black Door Productions. Um, can you Ray tell the audience Chandler. a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, well... Um I was affiliated at a young age with the Chandlers. Um, the Chandlers is a very huge family. For those that don't know of them, they have 17 siblings. And the big man of the, of the Chandlers was like a father to me. So basically I worked for him. You know, we did some things back in the day. Yes. And Ray was his brother. So Ray used to always come around the bar and it was getting ready, starting to get cold. And me and Scorpio, I used to walk to the nine and pick up Scorpio all the time, and we'd come back up to the parties or whatever together. Yes. Because we was real tight. So um, we was like, yo, Flash ain't going to be able to get to Dixie next weekend because the Jamaicans are saying they got some other thing going on. I said, well, let me talk to my people. Let me see if they can try to do something because it's getting cold and we need a place to hang out, you know? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So... I was up at the bar, the Boston Road Ballroom on Boston Road and 170 by Prospect Avenue. Yes. And I saw Ray. And I knew Ray, you know, like the He's like family. Different yeah. Things. yeah. So I said, Ray, look, wait, I need you. I need to talk to you. Tell me what's going on. I said, I need you to do me a favor. And I never really tell this story to nobody. I think I told you, Charlie. But I said, yes. Ray, why don't you put up the money and let Flash and then make a record? He said, Fuji, get out of here with that shit. <laughs> I said, Ray, they can, they can really play. I mean, they, you know, the crowd love it. We have fun. He said, man, I ain't, that shit ain't going nowhere. I said, well, at least open up a place. We ain't got a place to play every weekend. You can get the door money and, and you know, do whatever, sell stuff in there and make some money. And he said, all right, I'll think about it. And if you remember, there was a bar diagonally from the black door. Okay, that was the BT. That's the bar I used to hang out in. I used to run numbers in there. Okay. And we got the winos. Ray got the winos to clean out the black door for next to nothing. Wow. They were the winos that hung around the BT that grew up, been over there for over 20 years. 
since I was a kid because I lived across the street from the bar. Right. They got them to clean out the black door, and that's how the black door came about. And if nobody don't believe me, I tell anybody and their mother, ask Scorpio or Melly Mel because they're going to tell you the truth, and they'll tell you Fuji got us out of the cold. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot of people, I tell people all the time because, again, I was telling Mr. Biggs, I, unlike a lot of people, because you got out of it early, but I actually saw you dancing. And because yeah. my crew prior to uh, my, with the Zulu Kings was my crew in Gun Hill, which was the Gun Hill well, crew, also, my man B. No, Herrod. I, yeah. saw, him, I saw him dancing on, on Facebook the other day. Oh, yeah. 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 Said, Shit, he, he had still to have, it. He 58 doing that. He had to have been doing, was crazy back in the day. <laughs> yes, he was. Well, well some, one time somebody called me. I, I think it was Breakout. He said, KK, want to talk to you. I said, call him up, you know, put him on the phone. K.K. Rockwell. Said, yeah, when he came home. You know, he said, yo, right. Fuji, what's up, this K.K.? I said, what's going on, man? He said, man, I remember, man, one day in 63 Park, you was tearing shit up. He said, man, I always wanted to get back at you, man, but you was too good, man. He said, I learned a lot of stuff from you. Let I me... said, man, listen, it's all good, K.K., it's all love. But it was certain individuals that was there from the beginning. And like Charlie said, I was running numbers when I was 13 years old. So, I mean, I was, my mindset was a lot, way more advanced than most people my age. Right. But I was still going to the parties here and there. But oh, yeah. my thing was, I was affiliated with some serious people and some serious things going on. So I had to, like, not pay too much attention to hip hop. And then I gradually just stopped going pretty much because I was into, like I said, a lot of other things. But, yeah, it's a few people from way back in the day. Even Shaw Rock know of me and seeing me dance and all that. But um, I tell people, if you wasn't there in the very, very beginning, and not that you wasn't, you had to know me because I wasn't one of them names like Trixie or Clark Kent or the Twins. But the, a lot of people, I was a quiet type of dude. I wasn't going to party and say, I'm going to battle so-and-so. I would go to the party as soon as I hear my record or the break the circle form and the break music come on. We I'm just go, go off. off, and I don't give a fuck who's there. We just gonna rock. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? I'm gonna do my thing. Charlie, Charlie used to come downtown with Byron and um, Seti Mo. Yep. And then and they we would dance in the same circle, but we wasn't really competing against each other. We no. wasn't. I wasn't that type of dancer particularly. I just loved to dance. What was and your I record? What what, what was the record that put you on the floor? Oh, Jane Brown, give it up, turn it loose. <laughs> yeah, That's, man. Or, or Bongo Rock mixed with Bongolia, um, Jimmy Cash the Bunch, Jesse Gunn, uh, Yellow Sunshine, you know, yeah. um, Brother Green, the Disco King, and yeah. all that. You know, all the regular records, you know. But yeah. if I heard the, when they started bringing in them beats, it was something inside of me. I mean, I don't care. I would start dancing right where I'm at. I wouldn't give a hell if it was a circle or not. When I hear my record and I feel it, Cause I'm the type of dude I would go by the hurt speakers in the executive playhouse and put stand right by the speaker and let that bass hit my ear. I love that. Yeah, know? man. Yeah, man. And and now and that and a real dancer would tell you that vibrates through your body and it makes you want to just go off. Oh, you, you feel that I mean? to your toes, man. And and I need to say this because Biggs obviously is Zoo King. They saw me doing my thing. Well, you did too, but they saw me doing my thing. If you remember, I used to go and dance on my toes. Yeah, I got that from him. Is that right? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. That was yeah, legendary to, for that. That's good. When I was when I was eight years old, I used to walk around my grandmother's house in Queens, and I used to walk around on my toes. I'm not kidding you for about ten minutes. And she say, 
And, and, you know, I was young. I didn't know nothing. I was just doing it. And she said, you can be a ballet, a ballet no. person, you know. And I was like, no, I just do this for fun. She said, but they got special <laughs> shoes that they do that on, but you're doing them with sneakers on. I, I just used to always do that. It was like nothing for me to do, and I just just do it out of fun, and I just incorporate it with some dance moves and stuff like that. But um, yeah, to me, it was it was. See, I tell people now, it's like, oh, I'm famous. Oh, I got money. It ain't. It wasn't about money back then. It wasn't about you know. Yeah, back then it was somebody who wasn't. You know, we was just having fun, and that's what it was. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I tell people all the time, we had no idea. We were creating something that would become no. the worldwide, the most dominant culture worldwide, literally. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah. no idea. Oh man! And there, there's so many, there's so many people that that are forgotten, and we are the forgotten generation of hip hop. To be honest with you, I mean, there were people that were my heroes when I first went to junior high school, seventh grade, I was 12 years old. We went to 133. That's where I met Mel Scorpio and Ikrio and all that. Ikrio liked my sister because they're the same age. Mm. He used to tell me, oh, that boy used to bring me bags of candy, you know, and I used to <laughs> get out of here, little boy, you know, but we were just kids and interactive. We didn't know where our future was going. We were forced to do hip-hop because we had nothing else to do, mm-hmm. but yeah. it was all love and fun. You yes, know, back was. then, the Savage Skulls was around the school sniffing glue out the bag. Sniffing glue, zip gun. That was what it was, man. But we just enjoyed life, man. And yes. a lot of these cats, some of these cats act like they're too good to say something to somebody else. And I just look at them like, dude, really, you're not that special. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we all grew up together. I mean, me and Scorp- Scorpio tell you, foods will come down to the nine because the Boston Road and the 170th where the bar was, is right down the hill from the, up the hill from the nine. Yeah, I'd walk yeah. down there after I get off running my numbers by seven o'clock, go walk down there, get Scorpio, we'll come back and we'll go to, we'll walk to wherever the party was or we'll jump the, the train. There were heroes for me, like, I don't know if y'all ever heard of Flippin' Mike. Yeah. Okay, Flippin' Mike, he was Clinton's, I think, number one or number two gym, gymnast. And he used to hang around 23 Parker Slash and all of us, and he was nice with the breakdancing. He used to like my style, but he was more of a gymnast, but he was a quick learner, and he started watching all of us dance, and next thing you know, he was doing his thing, and he was like our best-kept secret because he knew how to do full splits, you know, like you get on the pommel horse and do that. He can do that on the floor, and he was doing stuff. Dudes were like, i never seen that. He was doing stuff that you see some of these kids do nowadays that look like yeah. gymnasts. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he was real nice. And um, Black Avery, Bumpy Face Melvin. Bumpy Face Melvin, yes. You know, me, me and uh, Charlie talk about One-Eye Andre. You know what One I mean? Eye Bobo. And, yeah. and these cats, you don't hear none of these cats even know about them cats. Yeah. No. Even Little Rudy right? from the Casanovas. Yeah, a Little Rudy and, and Bruce Lee and all of yeah. the Casanova Passion Project. Yep. You know, they grew up with my cousin over there on 141st and 3rd Avenue. So... I knew Sugar Bear and all them dudes. I knew all the stick-up kids, Sasha <laughs> and Joe Kid and Keith Bogan and all them yeah. cats. I, I grew up with all them dudes, man. But I was quiet. You know, I was a hustler. So my people, the older people told me, yo, keep low profile, yo. Don't, don't be making no bunch of noise and making yourself seen and known and what's going on over here in, in the bar. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. I was always just taking care of whatever I had to take care of and moving on my own on turf, you know? Listen, oh, man, that's dope. this has been a heck of an interview, my man. First of all, thank you so much for 
agreeing to do this? Because I know this isn't your thing. You know what I mean? So I, I, I do it because you asked me to, and I don't mind telling the history to some people that I know that that can corroborate certain things I say. Because I can, I can tell you some stories, man. You will sit up there and say, man, you bullshitting me. Yeah. And, and Charlie, you know some of the people I roll with. You know, oh, yeah. And I just don't do that for anybody. You know what I mean? And like, I know it's that. It's all good. It's all love. I know that, man. It was a pleasure yeah, having you. We definitely appreciate you, brother. I do it anytime y'all want. Just give me a call. Give me a heads up. If I'm not busy, you know, last few weeks, I apologize, but I had some things going on. But if I got the time, I wouldn't mind doing it at all. My brother. My brother. Listen, the legendary Tony Fuji Laland, Mr. Fuji from the crew. We used to call him the D Squad back in the day. The flag of flag, This is Flash before he had the Grandmaster title. You know what I well, mean? Let me, tell you, let me tell you something else, okay? This is another piece of history. Scorpio was the original Mr. Freeze. Wow. Okay, you talk about the, the um, New York, not the New York City Breakers. What, what's them kids' names, Charlie? Uh, Rocksteady. Huh? Rocksteady. 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 That kid, Mr. Freeze? Yeah, Frosty Freeze. Scorpio was the first Mr. Freeze. And if you notice in that, that routine that they do now with him and Mel, if you see any clips overseas, yeah. you still see him turn his back and pause. Oh, yeah. was famous for that all the time when we were B-Boys. That's dope. All right. And all I right. remember when it was Danny, Melvin, Keith, and Flash. That's what's okay? up. And me and Sp- I went to get Scorpio one day. We was coming up the hill from 170th Street from his house from the 9. And he said, yo, Fuji, today's the day. I said, today's the day for what? He said, I'm going to see if Flash can, they can, Flash can let me know if he's going to put me down with the MC. Wow. I said, that's dope, you know, gang, go for it, you know what I'm saying? Because I was still, like I said, I was running numbers, and I just liked the band and go to the dance and get the girls and all that. But I was like, yeah, I hope you get it too, you know? Yes, and sir. That on that thing, note, Brother Fuji, man, we're going we gonna to yeah, we re- schedule again. You're getting ready to kick us out the studio, bro. <laughs> oh, okay, well, listen, we can do this anytime, man. It's no all doubt. good, man. I love you, brothers, man. Y'all, peace and much blessings to all of y'all. Love be you safe, too, my brother. brother. Right, all right. Fish, man, that was great. That yeah, it went good. on. It that definitely went on. It went on. Uh, man, they, they're getting ready to take our time, Mr. Biggs. Oh, man, we got my man. We got, yo, yo, TK, you in the building? Yeah, I'm still in the building. So what's the wine <laughs> of the week, my man? <laughs> now, well, well, real quick, before I hit you with that wine of the week, we just got the notification that we be getting a uh, shipment tomorrow. Yeah, what time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know yet. I don't know that one. We were supposed to get this shipment for about two days now. Yeah. So, so I'm just saying, I, 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 hopefully, cross the fingers, come in tomorrow. But that wine of the week is that Merle Thurgau. No, I like that. So it was a bunch of, so like a couple of weeks I gave a bunch of red wine, so I'm going to switch it to the white. Okay. So it's from Italy, but it's also from Germany. And a real fun fact, it's the Merle Thurgau was actually like Germany's biggest wine after the World War Two. After okay. World War Two. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. That's a different thing of history. I hope you don't say that's like Adolf Hitler's favorite wine or something. No, no, oh, no, okay, no, good. no, no. He was already he was already <laughs> dead. <laughs> All right. So it's good with more like fish. It's like a seafood type of stuff. Okay. It's good it's some good wine. Yeah, oh, great yeah. Wine. That one uh that's it's really good. It is really good. Yeah. Wow. So man and you can actually find that wine on my website, MrBigsWines.com. You can also find it on, on TK's website. On MrBigsAndSonsCorp.com. All right, all right. 
gotta know about these things. You know, sometimes you know when I do this show, I, it makes me miss drinking sometimes. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm all right. It don't make me miss that much where I'm gonna go back to it. But there's sometimes like, dang, I'm really missing out on something here, man. You know, I'm like, wow. So I don't know, Mr. Biggs. This is a heck of a show. Heck of a good show. Yeah, man. I mean, brother, you definitely, you know, enlighten us with a lot of stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. It was a good show, man. Yeah, it's a he show. he was real adamant about that whole thing with Hollywood, though. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, you know, I, it's going to be interesting to see how Hollywood reacts when he hears this <laughs> his particular show. That's going to be a real interesting kind of counterpart to it. You know, we have to get them both together, man. Absolutely, Uh-oh. absolutely. Uh oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> get them both together. Maybe put them in separate rooms where they can't see each other or something. <laughs> you know, oh, man. and whatnot. We can't really. Uh, be responsible for what happens physically. This podcast has been brought to you by Mr. Biggs Wines along with Mr. Biggs and Sons Corp. Oh, man, Charlie. Yes, sir. This was a good one, man. I don't know who we're going to have next week, but... Well, let's see if we can try to get my man Africa Islam up in here. Oh, Islam, Islam. Yeah. That'll be nice. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He's ready to get. That'll be nice. You know? We definitely getting the pioneers, man. Absolutely, absolutely. A lot of good stuff to talk about here, man. You know? You know? And listen, um, this you know what? I'm getting caught up in this song. This song has me flashing back, you know? Uh scratching. That was an interesting song because you know it wasn't scratching wasn't by a particular artist like the rest of them. It was like a studio band yeah, that did yeah, a bunch yeah, of yeah. different cuts. And yeah. I always remember it's got that chick, it's the green album with the chick with the roller skates on, holding the records and whatnot. And I always... Let's talk hip-hop, the podcast.